0: Hey, AfterBuzzers! Welcome back. Today, we're going to discuss the third episode of Cults and Extreme Beliefs. We're going to be discussing the Law of Love, sexual abuse, suicide, and finally a hope for a brighter future thanks to a team of survivors. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion. After buzz TV, and now let the buzz begin. All right, Taylor, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Another episode. Another episode. A lot uh, of disturbing things. Yeah, just never stops. <laughs> never stops. It's just you know what you're getting into every time you turn on that TV, but yet gets under your skin, man. But it totally we're here does. to talk all about it. I'm your host Juliette uh, Viver, and I'm followed by the lovely Taylor. How are you, Taylor?
1: I'm pretty good. I'm pretty shaken up by that. But it's interesting. It's always interesting to learn more. I always feel so much more, like, educated and, like, inspired to help these people. Mm -hmm. Like, especially with this one, as you said, the team of survivors. I was like, wow, where can I, like, donate to help these people?
0: This is crazy. Right. We're going to get more into that towards the end. There's just this hope for a brighter future, thanks to this team of survivors. We're also gonna just talk about their recruitment propaganda, their uh, sexual abuse towards children, and just all these um, crazy, crazy things that these poor people had to endure. Overall, what are your thoughts in terms of this third episode, so we're three episodes in in comparison to the other episodes, or just as a standalone, what were your thoughts?
1: I really liked the, like, people that they brought in, because I felt like we had a lot of different perspectives from a lot of different people, even if they weren't actually there, like, being interviewed. We had, like, the videos, um of uh what was his name ricky and we had a lot of like testimony about mary even though mary obviously unfortunately isn't alive anymore so i just like that we got so many different voices in this episode i feel like because it gave us a very like i feel like well-rounded picture of
0: you know all of the aspects and angles of this cult mm-hmm. very did you know anything about this cult prior to the show i didn't i hadn't even really heard of it did you um i I think I did when I was a young younger. I remember my father telling me about it because they really came up, um, you know, as this kind of hippie cult that was preaching love and they had some notoriety And now to just know how everything here is exposed and it's completely different from what the message they were trying to portray, um, it's just really, really frightening. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about the background of, like, again, how this all got started. Um, so they would... One of the... They would... Um, do music, just sing, like, these kind of nice songs all about love. They're preaching sexuality, but all it's what seemed to be a healthy way Mm -hmm. because it was all about love. What could be so wrong, Taylor, about preaching love? What did we learn? (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, we learned that a lot can be wrong when it's, you know, a really corrupt and kind of twisted way like that. But the music interested me, too. I thought that was very different because, like, a lot of the cults that we've seen, I feel like, has been, like, music and dancing or, like – kind of outlawed and, like, not things that we should be doing and, like, sinful. And here they're actually, like, utilizing those as tools, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was really interesting and really different from a lot of the other cults that we've seen.
0: Yeah, very true. And it's just this whole marketing plan, if we may so call it, just of these mainly using children who seem super happy and it's colorful and there's flowers and it's all... All nice, and just it's so saddening when when they're you're hearing the voiceover these people talking about all the tragedies they've been through, and you're seeing this real footage. You're like, wow, you had just the the innocence of these kids was just really stolen, and I think that was the most heartbreaking thing for me. Yeah, really. Um, they t- go a little bit more into depth about their recru- uh, recruitment propaganda. Mm-hmm. How um, so the founder um would have these uh, letters that would come out. And this is kind of similar to last episode where Mm -hmm. it's just these newsletters or just ever so often these pamphlets that come out with a new interpretation, with a new lesson, with a new way of life, Um, which I think is always such an interesting thing that there's, that it's in the hands of a of one person. Yeah. What were your thoughts about uh, Mr. Berg?
1: <laughs> yeah, I agreed. He was really pretty similar. Like, I mean, the music part was different but, I mean, at the core I feel like the leadership was very similar. Um, just this one man who everyone is kind of like flocking around. They're like putting him on this pedestal and writing down everything he says and all, all of these things. He definitely has, I think, like an ego and an arrogance about him. And just talking about the like the pamphlets that you were talking about, the mo letters. I thought those were really interesting to look at. They kept like kind of showing those on the screen. And they were almost like comic book like. like they had the drawings, yeah. which I thought was really interesting.
0: They were very, very visual. Um, yeah. And then we had the flirty fishing, yeah, um which was kind of this almost like a mermaid, I would say, look alike. They've just this drawing of this woman with just highly sexualized and all under the umbrella of love. Mm -hmm. But it was just teaching about sexuality to kids at a really, really young age. And it was very inappropriate. Yeah, very inappropriate. (laughs)
1: It's very, very weird, like, that especially that they targeted kids. Like, it's just so, like, contrary to everything I feel like normal children grew up with. Like, you want to, like, protect them and, like, you know, save that until they're older or whatever. It's, like, sort of a taboo thing. And the fact that they embraced it
0: and, like, went too far with it was just really interesting. Yeah, it was just... Honestly, terrible. Um, we'll get a little bit more into that, about how does this lack of education really, really get to these people once they try to get out of the uh, cult and just don't have the tools for it. I uh, will talk a little bit about that later. But now I want to just focus a little bit more about uh, on uh, David Berg mm-hmm. and he, his whole institution. So he would have um, multiple – he had a main wife yeah. that we talked about, a little bit about and then multiple – I guess lovers, and he was really, he was almost like a king, like a prophet. What were your thoughts on having su- an opposition to last week, where we had kind of a, the, the the elders? Last week we had the elders, and we had several people in power. Versus now, we just have this one man who seems to be dictating everything.
1: When- yeah, it was and it was interesting that he did have this like one main wife, but then he took on like other brides that were like sort of his wives but like weren't fully acting as them because i know um when we were talking about amy like she got sent away after a certain amount of time so it's like they got married but it was basically just for like the sexuality of it i guess it wasn't really like a full marriage if that makes sense
0: right i wonder if um This whole marriage thing is just a way to justify it, justify the love. We're married, so it's okay for me to be having uh, sex with these really, really young... These these children. Um, I'm assuming, though, it wouldn't matter. Like, I
1: feel like he probably, you know, molested people that weren't married to him as well.
0: So I don't really know what the purpose of that was. Maybe just, like, another form of control. Right. Maybe. Um, So... Throughout the episode, we get to meet uh, Amy Brill, who was one of the first children born into the cult. She, um, Her parents were teenagers when they had her, got into the cult, and then asked her to start these recordings and get more involved, and she moved to Greece. So there's this idea right away, um, and we see this throughout all these cults that we've been discussing, to just kind of get rid of that relation, that parent-children relationship, and the religion, the cult, whatever you want to call it, becomes the soul, the education, the whole, the, becomes the parent in yeah. a way. I thought that was very interesting how they they dove more into that topic of having to have that split. Yeah. Um, and I think, do you think that that's a way to justify why these parents, because these parents are not so much involved, um, that they don't really know what's going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean they talked about sort of how it was like an isolating tool. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they grew up in this sort of like communal type environment, I think just really leaves them susceptible to a lot of abuse because it's like, you know, how many of them can you actually trust? Like how many of them actually have good intentions? And so it's like where do they reach out like for resources if they can't really, you know, talk to their parents, if their parents don't even really have a relationship with them? Like they're making them so vulnerable by doing
0: that. Very true. And it's true that Amy didn't – uh, she goes on to tell a story about how she was just sexually abused. She was asked to be... No, she wasn't asked. She was told, you're going to marry me now. Because she, after being in Greece for several times, she moved to the Philippines and stayed with Berg. And she felt very, very special. And this is another tactic we talked about, right? Of mm-hmm. um, masking this abuse under, you are the chosen one. You are the lucky one. It's just another tactic that we see time and time again. For sure. How do you think that that... How easy do you think that that is possible just to think just the, the idea of victim and the idea of chosen one? Yeah
1: I mean I think it definitely frames it in a different way and every you know everyone wants to feel like special and chosen mm-hmm. so if they can kind of manipulate it so you get these like happy feelings as opposed to these really awful I'm being taken advantage of feelings like it's just like you said, a classic mani- manipulation tool. Um, but I thought it was interesting how Amy said that when she got to the house, she didn't feel like it was, like, that special. She was like, I expected the ground to shake and all this stuff. And she was like, I realized he was just this old fat dude, basically. <laughs> and so I was like, Amy, yes. You're seeing through all this
0: crap. Yeah, that was I, I was thought that was really cool. 13-year-old Amy, like you were saying, is calling, calling it out, but yet yeah, doesn't have, unfortunately doesn't have the voice or the power to just speak up. She just, I think you're just told this is what it is, and you just you just obey, you comply.
1: Yeah,
0: How easy do you think it is, I mean, to, realistically, to forge your own opinion when you're in this whole society, this cult? I'm sure it's, it's totally difficult, especially if she was born
1: into it. And they talked a little bit about it, I think, with one of the cult sociology experts here, is when you grow up a certain way, like, that's all you know. You don't have any other opinions. Like, all you have is your gut, which... Are you going to trust, like, the little, you know, voice in your head? Or are you going to trust what these, like, dozens of adults that you trust are telling you? So, it, it, like, so I was really surprised that she kind of felt that way and that she didn't, you know, kind of fall into the trap of
0: it because it's, like, she's not known anything else. Right. Very true. And so it, it's um, through her journey we find out that she was friends with Mary, mm-hmm. which have you – I have I don't think I've ever really seen her name. So Mary, she spelled it M E R R Y, yeah, it, as opposed to the Saint Mary.
1: It felt sort of um, like hippie-ish to mm-hmm. me, like meaning joy and all of this stuff. So I thought it was interesting too, and kind of just reinforced the
0: fact that this did start out as this sort of like communal love,
1: mm-hmm. peace, Joyful. whatever. Yeah,
0: um, because it is the. Uh, Berg does use the Bible as its guidance, and so it's it's a cult that it relies a lot on uh, Christianity mm-hmm. and on the Bible, but they have their own interpretation of it that is clearly far fetched. Yeah, which uh, is very similar to the Jehovah's Witnesses that we talked about too. Exactly, I think they take these the the, the Bible as a tool to just have their they just have their own interpretation on it. Which do you – I mean? I I can argue is kind of easy to do because these texts have been, the Bible has been written such a long time ago. It's different language. It's open up to interpretation. So do you agree with that? Or do you think it's, it's actually a little bit harder to take things out of context?
1: It's such a tricky line. You know what I mean? Like we were, like, again, talking about it on the last episode. It's like when does religion become a cult like when does it move from being this you know tool that people can be spiritual and it like helps the community to being something that really you know devastates community and like ruins lives and i think when you use you know these texts to justify abuses and you know hurt people rather than trying to like Actually, empower yourselves and better the world. Like that's when it crosses the line. Is when yeah. you use it in a way that, like you deep down know, is completely wrong and awful of you to do.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, we can both agree that uh, poor Mary Berg, her life, you know, was was ruined by by this whole cult. She is. She was his um granddaughter, mm-hmm. and even though she was his granddaughter, he's the sexual abuse applied to her Yeah, he wanted to marry her that was shocking to me what about you I mean I'm sure it was for you too it
1: was shocking but like (laughs) a guy that's doing all of this other stuff I'm like of course like I mean and it wasn't directly like talked about in this but um I think that looks were a part of it too like all of the girls were very pretty that he targeted like I feel like that's another sort of element to it and like you know this vulnerable pretty young girl like, of course he's gonna target her
0: no matter what the right. relationship is. It just showed that there's just no limits. There's n- no there's you don't there's no line drawn anywhere. Everyone is fair game mm-hmm. when it comes to these poor kids. Even incest is okay if you put it If you have the false knowledge of it being love and you preach it as love, which is so sickening because I think that it's a pattern that we see so much that they take people's beliefs and people's values. Everyone values love. I think it's a safe statement to say. And the fact that they're using that against people and to twist their minds and manipulate them is so sickening. Yeah, like taking something that's good and just turning it into something so tragically awful. Yes. Um, One of the ways that they... Did this was um, they for Berg's <clears throat> excuse me for Berg's birthday they he requested he wrote a letter that he wrote in one of those uh, letters that he wanted these women to have this like sexual dance and get rid of their clothes and it's a way to get closer to God it's it's all under everything's in his mind is to get closer to God right justify that's his like way to justify stuff and someone had a brilliant idea of having kids involved. So this is safe to say. This is, you know, um, underage pornography. Child right. por- pornography. Yes. A hundred percent, right? hundred
1: percent. Which, that's why I was surprised because they talked about there being raids and, like, having the cops called on them and nothing ever happened because of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys have this footage. How are you not... Like, how are we
0: not investigating this and, like, shutting it down? Right. Well, one of the things that they explained is that a lot of these communities are actually abroad, and it's really hard to convince mm, someone that's, that's not true. in the country. It's very international, which was... 80 countries. It's yeah. It's like 80 countries. That is a lot of the population. Um, very, very saddening. So these poor little girls were doing the videos, um, and a lot of these terrible things would happen, and this is kind of what pushed Mary to... To, to speak out and get out, get out. Mm-hmm. She, it, the moment when her her grandfather said that you're gonna we're gonna get married, that's when she was like, no, that's it. And then her story got even took a darker turn. She um, was told that she was possessed by demons and had to go over uh, undergo so many um, exorcism. Is that how you say that? Exorcism. Exorcism. Yeah. Um, I just. I don't understand how these people have no humanity. I know. This poor little girl. And, like, justifying it with
1: exorcisms and demons when, like, clearly she's suffering, like, a mental breakdown. Like, she needs, like, therapy and, like, emotional support. And they're like, no,
0: you're possessed by a demon. That's just insanity. Do you think we you can agree to say that all these institutions, when they try to be the sole the sole voice of reason, the one, that's when you really, you should run for the hills. Yeah. yeah right? Because you have no, in all of these uh, different communities that we've seen, there's no real education. There's no real relationship, family, friends, you know, because they try to isolate you. Like the police system or whatever. They don't trust, like, the police. They don't
1: trust, like, you know, therapists and doctors in that way. Like, I think that's, like, a really good way to put it is they're shutting off the entire outside world and, like, trying to be the sole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's just – you need, you know, you can't just survive, like, with this
0: one organization. And that's also another tool they use to make you stay Mm -hmm. because when that's all you've known – and you have nothing apart from the the, uh, the children of God. How are you going to sustain yourself in the outside world? Exactly, you have no survival skills, right? And so, thankfully, we have people um, like Anna Anna Key and her husband, yeah, who just became this voice It became kind of this underground to help people escape from the cult, which I thought was so beautiful and gave me a little bit of joy throughout this episode. But I (laughs) teared up. I was like, wow, these are like real heroes. I know.
1: Like hearing their, I liked hearing their story and kind of having them come into play too because it did, it gave it like more of an optimistic feel than if we had just... You know, left it with all of the sadness that happened.
0: It gave a sense of hope. Yeah. It really, it really did. And um, you guys listening, please leave us a, a comment in the iTunes section below. I, I just want to hear your thoughts on just overall this whole episode, <laughs> and also what you know your, your thoughts about this lovely couple who who were able to save over fifty people. Yeah, even more. Just ah, oh, that was so inspiring. Um, and we really you know. The show is so long that we want to keep the conversation going with you guys. And iTunes is mainly where we do that. And while you're there, please, like, give us some five stars because the other ones don't work. So don't even bother trying. (laughs) (laughs) And also just go to YouTube. That's your preferred method of viewing. And same thing. Leave a comment there. Leave us a thumbs up. And we will keep the conversation going on both those platforms uh, throughout the week until next week. Um, But we'll talk a little bit later in the show about next week and our predictions or our overall thoughts of what yeah. what we think is to come. Um, I want to discuss a little bit more about Mary because she was such an important character. Not character. Um, important figure. Figure, yeah. thank you, within this show because through her awful experience, she was made to be kind of a, a cautionary tale. See what happened to Berg's granddaughter, his own flesh and blood? That's going to happen to you too if you don't obey To how our rules and how things are. I think the fact that she was his granddaughter just
1: heightened, like, everything about her, like, within the cult and, like, with the survivors. Because they're like, oh my gosh, if she can escape, like, if she can get out of this, like, then anyone can, you know? Because she's so closely tied to it and... So I just, I think that the fact that her position was so, um, like, high up in the organization just made her story, like, that much more interesting to me.
0: Right, because she got, after finally getting out and getting away from these poor uh, exorcisms, she um, got involved into this this case and just, like, finally just her voice was being heard. We saw footage of her on TV and uh, she became this huge fighter and it's true that it's, giving a voice you're like okay maybe there is life after all yeah and her success story was really you know the uh anna and her uh, uh anaki and her husband were really really important vital to that yeah because later on in the episode as we get to meet learn more about this couple they reveal that she came over she had called them to find a place to stay and she had she was convinced that she just she wanted to end her life and she wanted to commit suicide in their house. Why do you think she wanted to do that in their house? I think that they
1: touched upon that a little tiny bit. Just she wanted a place where she felt, you know, safe and comfortable, like somewhere at least she could like go and be surrounded by people that actually care about her. Like in an environment where she actually felt somewhat safe
0: and like somewhat at peace. Agreed. And you know what? They didn't really talk much about how suicide is viewed in Christianity and all of these extreme. It's a common theme that when you're being suicidal, you are being sinful, and you're not. You know, it's, it's definitely not approved. Um, and I wonder if that was another choice was, okay, I'm going to be with these people. I'm safe. And maybe they're not going to try to cover it up. And maybe they're going to tell my story because I, I I trust in them. That's a really good point. I didn't even like think about that, but that's so true. And a
1: lot of these different religions, suicides, like completely, like, you're going to hell if you commit suicide. So I would be interested to see, like, their formal kind of views. teaches
0: and views on that. Because my thoughts were like, oh, if she did it within that community, they would have tried to hide it. and Yeah, she seemed, they would have just completely, you know, maybe lied about what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like her her whole mission was just to be a voice of you can get out, you know? Um, And I thought it was so sweet that she... It goes to show how much these conversations are so important. She got to talking from 12 to 4 in the morning. She was saying... um, Alnaki and her and uh, Mary were talking about just everything she had gone through and she was able to just let loose. And by the end of that conversation, she admitted she was going to kill herself. And that was no longer the case.
1: It just goes to show, like, how far just like bearing witness to someone can go and like how far just listening to someone's story just like you know being receptive to hearing all this pain and like taking some of that from them because like they finally can release it when they you know talk about it like how far that can actually go yeah and i think
0: we saw this also in last episode um we sh- there um one of the abusers was saying i feel i don't feel crazy anymore i feel seen yeah and that's what happened is for so long you know they're being abused and they're trying to speak out, but no one believes them, or they're telling them, No, this is good for you. This is all part of love, all a part of God's plan. And I think even this show as a whole, I feel like it's so important to see because it's giving a voice to all these poor people who have gone th- through so much trauma and it's just making them seen. Yeah. And giving people the tools of, you know, how easy this can happen, how easy you can be sucked into this. And by knowing this, I don't know personally about you, but, like, I feel like, okay, I, I, God forbid I would ever be in a situation like this, I feel like I've gained tools to combat combat that. Do you believe so, too? I do,
1: too. And you kind of educate yourself, like, what are the signs that this is turning into something not beneficial and not actually empowering and, you know, good for me and good for the world, like, because there's a lot of red flags that are, like, consistent across all of the cults, like, the one leader taking charge of everything and, like, manipulating certain situations and certain ideals and themes and things like that. So it not only educates, you know, the viewers, but just, just, like, I feel like these cults are so underground in ways, like, we didn't really know about this that much, yeah, and it seems this. like the,
0: what we do know is just the surface, what they want us to know.
1: Right. And so, like, actually exposing this and putting it on TV, like, is the first
0: step in, you know, bringing them down. Mm-hmm. It is. And um, as we learn a little bit more about Aniki, Aniki and her um, her husband, Ron, I thought also it was just so nice to hear a voice that just, you know, put his foot down. Ron really put his foot down. He was told that he needed to have sexual relations with a 12-year-old because she needed to be more uh, submissive, right? She was just being too humble. She needed needed to be be humbled. humbled. So go have sex with her and humble her. That is the most twisted thing I've ever heard. I just, But it brought me joy that he was like, "No, no, no i love that. Just right away. Like, not even consider... No. Just... And they left, like, that night, right? Right. Left like that night, grabbed his wife, and they're like, no, we're done, and they, this is not something they want to be part of. They
1: must be so good at hiding stuff that goes on then, though. Because if they were in this for so many years, and that's really the first time he'd, like, been approached to do something like that, like, you'd think that he would
0: have had the same reaction if he heard anything like that, too. To be honest with you, that's something I wish they would have... Dog more into within the episode because I had some questions like that that kind of remained unanswered. And um, even our journalist was saying that she was confused because you have these pamphlets that we talked about earlier in the episode, the letters that Mr. Berg would write um, that describe this, that describe that love is good, that, that kind of condones children's sexuality. Yeah. So it seems like the world is out there. Is it just too unbelievable to believe? Or are people turning another eye until they're really faced with it? Like, do you you think Ron really had no idea prior to this event? That's what I don't don't know. Like, how do you not know? But at the
1: same time, he seems like this, you know, great person, what he's doing now. Like, of course he would have left if he would have heard anything like that. You know what I
0: mean? So I don't know how they managed to hide it. Maybe it's just the ideology. The ideology of it all being love and then when you're actually facing it and like, okay, you're – you're told you now have sex with this person, it just becomes, might might hit you. Too real. Too real, maybe. Because one of them, throughout the show, they showed more and more of those pamphlets and those designs, those, those, like, cartoons that we Mm -hmm. talked about. One of them, did you see, it said, um, I saw my parents... procreating or whatever word they used. And it was great. I witnessed it with my eyes. Did you see that
1: one? I didn't even... The only one that I really caught my attention, like, all of the pictures did, but the one I read, um, like, the headline of, was How Old Were Adam and Eve When They Got Married? I was like, what? Mm. Just the headlines of those were so
0: gross and weird and creepy. So twisted. Uh, (laughs) Um, But, yes, they... Aniki and her husband really helped over 50 members, and that's just something I really, again, want to applaud, because... And the cool thing about them, too, is they didn't just get them out, like, they helped them adjust
1: to life outside of it. Like, they were giving them jobs at whatever their company is, and, like, um... I know that there was, when they had that little meeting, there was, like, a pro bono lawyer there. So, like, in in case anyone wanted to, like, take things to court and things like that. So they're, like, giving them resources as well as just an escape, which I thought was really
0: cool. Like, it doesn't just stop when you leave, you know? Right. I think that's what I I enjoyed the most about that. Um, Before we talk too much about that, do you want to talk about, uh, unfortunately, the... The discussion we had on suicide and how all the ex-members, um, there's a very, very high uh, rate of suicide. And they also even argued that uh, – Amy said that she knew at least 100 people who died from That's suicide. Crazy. And she also, within those 100 people, in- included drug abuse and you know overdoses because she was saying that it was a form of suicide. All these people suffer from PTSD and then live a life filled with drugs, filled with depression, I mean, th- this this statistic is so staggering. Yeah.
1: That's Every- insane. The fact that she herself can, like, think
0: of 100
1: people right off the bat. That's one person, 100 people. Like, I think I would be hard-pressed to, like, name 100 people that I know right now. Like, it would take me a while. And, like, just, that's just
0: awful. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Terrible. I'm so, for our iTunes listener. I feel like they're just hearing me just, just, <laughs> sigh, just sigh, just sigh, just um, sigh. But again, that's just. I think this it's as hard as sometimes some of these episodes are to watch. I think again, they are so important because yeah. it's important to just give a voice to these poor people who have been abused, who are survivors. In order for us to just gain the tools to speak out for them and make sure that we, if we ever witness anything of the sort, we know what to do. Yeah. Be like this lovely couple, please. For sure, (laughs) for
1: sure. And don't be afraid. If you see something sketch, like, bring, you know, as much attention to it as you possibly can because it needs, that's the thing, it needs media attention because it's swept under the rug so much and they want it to be swept under the rug. And when you start shining a light on it, that's when, you know, their whole system kind of crumbles.
0: Exactly. And they were seen as this bad, uh, they were seen as enemies of the church, but yet it's funny how like that bad pl- publicity to them became good publicity. I because, love that. It's like yeah. ha, backfired on you guys. Exactly. You're you're <laughs> preaching to your whole community that this couple is terrible. Don't they're terrible people. But when you start doubting, you're like, oh wait, they think like that. I've heard so much about them. Let me go see if they can help. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I think, as you mentioned earlier, it was just that was the best part of the whole episode It just at the end of the episode, seeing everybody get together, tell their stories, talk about Mary and her impact and the impact of everyone in, in the community and how they can help each other. Yeah. How, as you're saying, how they can, you know, pro bono um, attorneys do this and help people get jobs and just be a, a voice yeah for them. And I really, really hope this show is heard by someone who is in desperate need for help. I agree. Do you have any final thoughts before we head into, we're going to do a special, um, we're just going to do a news update and we're briefly going to talk about also our uh, next week's episode.
1: Yes. Um, well, the only thing that has is our, um, our special segment. Mm-hmm. There were a couple um, pretty well-known names who actually grew up in this cult. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, the actor. Oh, right. Um, he grew up in this cult and so did Rose McGowan, which is really interesting. Those are two really prevalent people like in Hollywood.
0: That is crazy, especially Rose McGowan. McG- <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, she um she's been really really involved within the Me Too movement. Yeah. She's uh been abused herself and sexually abused. Yeah. So, it's so I didn't even know that. they so sad. And that's a, like a pattern that's been throughout her whole life. Yeah. Wow. Such a survivor. She also have a, has a show in E that um it's either coming up coming out sooner or has come out not too Citizen long Rose, right? Citizen Rose. Yeah. So, um, if you're interested in that whole topic, make sure to go check that out.
1: Yeah, but I thought that was really interesting. I had no idea those two had had right. been raised in this, and of course they're not in it anymore. And I assume don't condone anything that's happening. But right, it's just like you. It's like weird to Google, and you can always find names of these people. Like it's it, that's just goes to show. It's like. Completely
0: normal people, like, can get really sucked into this sort of stuff. Exactly. Your neighbor, you, you never know. And uh, we'll be doing this segment uh, throughout the season. We did it last week as well. Yeah. Thanks to Taylor just talking about just these famous or public figures, at least, that are involved uh, within these cults because it's just shining a light on how, even though this is a small niche community, you could call uh, call it, but they just... They have this way to getting to a lot of people yeah. somehow, and it is good marketing. If you see some, if you see a Rosemary – you know, back in the day when you see a little beautiful girl on charms, and you find out she's—I'm not sure if she was at the time. I'm just saying, just no, seeing yeah. someone on, on TV like that, and she's part of that community. It's It, it can only help you. So. I'm glad to hear that they are no longer associated because yeah. that would be very, very saddening. Are you ready to head into some uh, news? Let's, Let's do it. it. Let's After do it. Buzz yeah. TV news. So I didn't find like a whole lot of
1: recent news, but I did find that back in April, um, Marie Claire, the um, the magazine, uh, they did an interview, like a really pretty in depth interview with one of the um, former members of this. Her name's Christina Babin, and she, I read it, and she talks about a lot of the things that weren't necessarily discussed in um, this episode. She talks um, about how, like, because we talked about how it was very international, Mm -hmm. and people tended to move around and not stay in one place a lot, and so she talked about how that kind of affected her, and she also talked about something called a reprogramming camp that she um, was forced to live in for, like, a year and a half, I think, and how... There's a lot of abuse she had to suffer there, and they couldn't leave the compound for a year and a half. There were armed guards everywhere. Wow. So definitely check that out. It's on Marie Claire. If you Google, um, I think, just Christina Babin um, or Children of God, it'll definitely come up. But that's a really interesting read that touches on some stuff that was not um, really mentioned in the episode. That's so
0: cool. Do you, can you touch a little bit more about reprogram- reprogramming camp? So she
1: didn't super go into it in the article. It, it was also called Propaganda Camp. Okay so i'm not sh- exactly That seems sure. more accurate <laughs> yeah i'm not even sure exactly what it was i don't think that she was sent there for any like wrongdoings or anything i think it was just another place that you lived or something like that i was a little bit confused but i'll definitely try to do some more research on that because i was i too was like what is this is very very odd
0: right Okay. Well, thank you so much for that news. Of course. Uh, let's head a little bit into um guess predictions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you After Buzz TV predictions. If you're familiar with um uh, Afterbuzz and just our whole format, we usually use the predictions as a way to kind of just discuss what we think is to come within the next week and just storylines that we see, see we ev envision at least um in terms of this show, it's a little bit more tricky because it is reality based a docu series on very very uh tough. Subject matters, so there's no really guessing or fun way to really do this segment. So let's just talk a little bit about what we saw in the preview, which is U-N-O-I. Yes. What does that stand for, Taylor?
1: I googled it, and it stands for United Nation of
0: Islam. And it's going to be a hard one as all of these are just are in the preview we saw a lot of crying a lot of a lot of toughness um and this one's going to be dealing with children trafficking
1: yeah very bizarre like that's not what i think of when i think of cult i don't think of child trafficking
0: very true and from the preview we've seen there was a lot of um african americans yeah and they were talking about how this was a a form of slavery Mm -hmm. so just slavery taking another another wave with this religion um a little bit about the so they call the united nation of uh islam islam um and so group that was based in kansas city and it was founded in 1978 by royal jenkins who continues to be the leader of the group um and um to this day do you know anything about this like have you heard of it before uh he uh calls him he just is the god he's his name he calls himself halal so which means god um and is seen as the public figure like that wow uh, but we'll be discussing this a uh, lot more next week. I don't really – I haven't heard about I haven't this, either. So I can't wait to break it down next week. Me and too. Please, if you have any information um, or anything we didn't discuss – in this episode tonight, uh, please sh- be sure to leave us a comment and just tell us your thoughts, your overall knowledge, and your expectations for next week. In the meantime, Taylor, working people, keep up the conversation with you. You guys can find me on Twitter at Alpha underscore Ann and on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gaze underscore.
1: Awesome. And do you do any other shows here at Atropos? Yes, I do The 100, which is every Tuesday
0: at 10 o'clock, and Law and Order SVU every Thursday at 8. Okay, great. So if they want something a little little bit more uplifting, they could go check that out for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're both a little dark too,
0: but it's fine. We will have fun with it. Okay, good. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at Bonjour Juliette. And until next time, bye guys.